listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Draft day has come and gone. The first round of the NFL draft is over. Welcome to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm Garage Guy Chase. Tonight I am joined with the homie Tommy Moe from Twitter from the two-on-one fantasy football podcast. Tommy, thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, so we've been we've been talking for quite a while now on Twitter, and a lot of you know that follow me. You probably see me interact uh, with the uh, the two on one fantasy football podcast and Tommy Mo on Twitter a while. So we've kind of been uh, been been trying to schedule some things up, work some kinks out, and uh, we finally did it for you guys. We did it on one of the biggest nights for fantasy football for NFL in general. Uh, me and Tommy just got finished watching the draft and. There's just so much to talk about on this draft. Um, the The big thing was with Kyler Murray uh, the finally being taken. We finally got the, the suspense out of the way. The drama's done. He's going to Arizona. So now it's just trying to figure out what's happening with Josh Rosen. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of wild things, especially with the Giants uh, tonight. And we're definitely going to be able to recap some of those things and talk about some of these players that are going to be able to impact your fantasy football season and some of the teams and, you know, other players out there that you might have that are not rookies. So there's a lot we're going to dig into with that as well. Um, I'm also going to be rolling out to Dega tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, it's Friday. I'm already on my way to Talladega right now when you're listening to this. Um, So we'll be sure to dip in a little bit to that. Um, But first, before we get rolling, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports is brought to you by Rotoballer. Be sure to get over to rotoballer.com right now to check out the premium NASCAR content brought to you by myself, Scott Engel, Sean Engel, and Dan Dobish. Uh, we've been killing it, man. I had the number one in the industry, uh, number one picks in the industry for DFS for Martinsville in Texas. Uh, so you know that we, we're bringing the heat. That's just what we do with NASCAR and a lot of you that are listening to this are like, talk about football, damn it. Don't care about your racing. Get the fuck over it. Go over there right now. You want to win money. That's the end goal when you're playing DFS anyway. So you might as well check out other sports. You can use promo code garage and you will save 10% off of your purchase of the NASCAR premium package. Uh, Garage guys, fantasy sports is also brought to you by official goat gear. So Tommy, I don't know if you got to see this yet or not, but uh, we, uh, we, released i say we loosely i helped (laughs) i was talking with the ceo of official goat gear and uh i had a conversation with him i'm like man you guys need to make some nascar shirts and so i've been teasing you know some some shirts that were going to be coming out that you know i had talked to the guy with and we finally got them out we have the goat three and the goat 24 of the new official racing goat gear shirts uh, you can check them out on my Instagram at Garage Guy Chase and on Twitter at Garage Guy Chase. So you can see that. If you go over to officialgoatgear.com, you can use promo code GARAGE 
where you can also save 10% on any t-shirt or any product that you choose to purchase from there. And it's not just about racing. It's football, basketball, baseball. I'm sure you've seen some of the shirts that have Tommy, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, oh, yeah, the stuff is clean. I, I love seeing it on your uh, on your Instagram page the other day. It's dope. So they have all of it. The first shirt I got from them was the Drew Brees. Uh, I say Drew Brees, but the Goat 9 shirt that is black and gold. Have to keep it real for, you know, um, protective purposes against the law and things. We don't like lawyers, except for my lawyer, Frank, from Twitter. I like that guy. He's cool. But, um, but yeah, get over to officialgoatcure.com. Check it out. Use promo code GARAGE as always. So uh, shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to the people that are, that are helping us bring you the awesome content week to week. But, uh, Tommy, so for the people that, that don't really know you or don't really know the two-on-one fantasy football podcast, um, you, know, you guys got started back about uh, – how long have you guys been in the game now? We started at the beginning of last season. So we definitely have been listening to podcasts for a while and decided to do one ourselves. Nice, man. So, you know, you guys started up and, and it, I'm pretty sure you guys all played on the same football team in college as well, right? Yeah, there was two of us, um, me and my co-host Dominic. We've actually been playing football together since we were seven. So we go way back uh, to junior peewee days. And uh, we all played together uh, at, in high school. We all went to modern day high school, uh, same high school as uh, Matt Leinert. And, Uh-oh, uh, shout out. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Matt Liner. We were there. His uh, our sophomore year was his senior year, so it was really cool to to see him and uh, go to SC and have an okay career in the NFL. But but yeah, we all uh, played modern day, played football modern day, and then went on and played in college, uh, all at separate colleges. Um, but that's kind of like our point of view. You know, we we play the game uh, at a high level. Um, we all got scholarships to play football in college. Um, I was a defensive lineman. Uh, we have a our co-host Steve is an offensive lineman and uh, our other co-host Dominic was a linebacker. So we, you know, kind of have a little bit of a unique point of view in the fantasy football community. Uh, also because we coached uh, junior, you know, uh, peewee football. So, you know, we live the sport, you know, we, we have that first, uh, firsthand knowledge of the game and we think that helps us uh, have a little bit different takes on, on fantasy sports. And, and then, yeah, just been playing fantasy sports for, gosh, over 10 years now. So um, that's our passion. And we started the podcast for our fantasy league, our home league that's been going on for about 10 years now. And, you know, thought it would just be a cool thing to do with the guys and talk about our league and kind of just turn into something else altogether. And so far, here we go in the, the off season and getting ready for, getting ready for season two. Yeah, you got to love that shit, man. Yeah, I think that's like the most interesting thing is like that you guys started off just kind of doing like some audio for yourselves to just yeah. like talk about what's going on. And then it ended up opening up. And I think that's dope, man. And and especially the fact that you guys played football, you've been on the field because a lot of football players don't really fuck with fantasy football. Right. So I think that that's awesome as well. There's, you know, a select handful of NFL players that we know that do play fantasy. But with the knowledge that you guys have of just the gridiron itself, the actual game and then bringing that knowledge into the fantasy perspective is amazing. So if you haven't yet, you need to get over to Apple podcasts, subscribe to the two on one fantasy football podcast, rate and review and also rate and review us while you're here. But rating and reviewing is like the number one form of showing your appreciation for the things that we do, because guys like me and Tommy, we care about winning our leagues. And in turn with the knowledge that we use, 
we care about you because we're talking about it. So we want you to win too. So if we're doing that for you, you know you already got to get over there. Rate, review, and subscribe. Make that happen. And you guys are not only on uh, on Apple as well. What other platforms are you guys on? Yeah, we're pretty much everywhere. Uh, we're on Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Spotify, um, a bunch of other ones I actually don't know the names of and don't use, but pretty much wherever you download your podcast, except for like iHeartRadio, uh, where you can find us. We're even on SoundCloud too. I don't keep it active during the off season, but we are on SoundCloud. I had to get rid of SoundCloud, man. It just, I just <laughs> felt like they were just like, hey, you should drop, you know, this fire mixtape for us today. Like they were more, you know, they wanted our mixtapes. And I was like, well, we got these mixed podcast tapes and they didn't really want to fuck with that. Well, so I, mean, I had to. <laughs> and, you know, once they started requiring face tattoos and, you know, we really had to, you know, consider it. Yeah, that was a big, that was a big no for me too, man. I was like, I can't, I can't have the face tat requirement here. That's good shit. <laughs> But yeah, so you guys already know what to do. And I'm talking to you, Dominic in Connecticut. I'm talking to you, Cheryl in Wisconsin. And I'm talking to you, Roger in Vermont. That's right, Vermont. Roger, I see you. You haven't you haven't rated and reviewed yet. So you need to make that shit happen, Roger. I'm watching you while you sleep. I know what you do. I know what you eat. Stop eating Brussels sprouts. They're bad for you. They're actually good for you, but whatever. Anyway. So, yeah, so NFL draft, first round just wrapped up. Um, was Kyler Murray a big surprise at all? I mean, was anybody surprised? Really? You know, I, I think no one was surprised until there was that report that came out from Bleacher Report this weekend, which was such a smokescreen. But it made, it was enough to make me change my mock draft article to take him out of that first pick. But he he should have been the first pick the entire time. I mean, the writing was on the wall. Um, but I think at the same time, once the Cardinals went on the clock, no one knew what they were going to do besides the Cardinals. No, what pissed me off the most was that they took the entire 10 minutes and everybody (laughs) in the world knew that I tweeted out. I said that I I promise I I will pay for Josh Rosen's plane ticket. Um, if they pay, if they take the entire 10 minutes to just announce (laughs) Kyler Murray and they did. So anybody listening to this right now, that is, uh, you know, friends or, uh, or Josh Rosen follows you on anything, DM him and let him know to get with me so I can pay the guy for his plane ticket whenever he rolls out. I also I saw an interesting tweet too. Hey, dear, sorry to interrupt you. I saw an, an interesting ass tweet that got deleted three seconds after. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was a verified Twitter account, but it said, just saw Josh Rosen leaving the facility waving with a big smile on his face. So I don't know if that was like hmm. somebody like stalking Josh Rosen's life and yeah. actually saw that happen or if it was just somebody making jokes. I don't know. I mean, he did delete his uh, all the pictures of himself on Instagram in the Cardinals uniform at one point. Um, I think the report came out that he was hacked, but yeah, I don't really believe it. So I don't know. I mean, I think with Rosen there and getting Kyler Murray, there is a chance that they could just let those guys compete it out, you know, and not trade Rosen and do what they did last year with Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield and let Tyrod start until he gets hurt and then Baker takes over. But I also could see them trading Rosen to, I don't know, maybe the Dolphins or someone else that needs a quarterback. I think, yeah, and I think if if Rosen goes to Miami, I think that's like the most realistic thing that we could probably see at this point. Um, And I think that he will basically be the next Brock Osweiler 
if he mm-hmm. goes to Miami. Just because, like, I don't know, like, ever since last year when Josh Rosen was coming in, I just did not like that dude's attitude, like, whatsoever. Like, he was, like, way too cocky for, yeah. for, his, for his game. And, um, you know, and that, that'll happen when you listen to Kid Rock's cocky, you know, about <laughs> five or six times on repeat. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, just from what I saw, like, yeah, he's got the arm. He can throw the deep ball. But, I mean, other than that, man, he's, he's got a lot to do and a lot to learn. But um, with Miami, you know, passing over Dwayne Haskins, I think that that's a obvious indicator that they may be a player because I really can't think of any other team that would actually be a player for him other than the right. Giants. But, I mean, we saw what they did. Um, and we'll get into that, but yeah, with Kyler, man, I, I, I honestly will say this. If, if Cliff Kingsbury already said back when he was in Texas tech that he was going to take him, I don't think that there's going to be any type of situation where Rosen starts whatsoever. I think that it's going to be the Kyler Murray show from day one. Um, and that's going to have a big impact on the team itself. I mean, we already know David Johnson had a really rough year last year. Mm-hmm. So now with you know Kyler being more of a scrambling QB, um, this could definitely open up some opportunity to get David Johnson back. And I've already came out and said that I think David Johnson is going to have a, a a bounce back year this year. Yeah, um, even before the Kyler Murray thing was finalized, right? Like we just kind of all had that feeling that right. it's going to be a good year for DJ. Yeah, if he if like like last year, I just knew like I had this feeling, and like I, I bragged about it a lot just because like I was. I felt like I got so disrespected for making the comment on Sleeper last season. I, I literally said that Alvin Kamara was going to do better than David Johnson in, in 2018. <laughs> and everybody just, like, literally just, like, pulled their pants down and shit in my grits bowl, dude. It was pretty rough. And, like, so after that and after all the hate that I got for that, you know, they were asking me why. And I'm like, I just don't like this. I don't like, you know, Steve Wilkes. I don't like this system. Yeah, I don't like, you know, anything about Arizona this year. I feel like it's just they've completely lost everything. There's nothing really there. And I was like, plus he's coming back with the injury. I was like, yeah, it's just a wrist injury. But at the same time, you got to also take into account, like, you know, basically like where their heads are at. And I mean, with the team losing as much as they did and just like having to rebrand and I had no faith in the coaching system whatsoever. I just kind of felt like this is not going to be a good year. Alvin Kamara will do better. And he did. And I got my money and I'm happy I won the bet. And, um, but yeah, I'm not afraid to say that. I think he's going to have another great year. And especially now with Kyler there, it's going to be great. Um, I think it's also going to be great for Larry Fitzgerald. I think that this could probably be his last year and it should be. Um, I mean, he came back or whatever. And, and I feel like, I guess, I don't know if I, if I meant he should, it should be because like, you know, when you're ready to stop playing, I mean, you being, you know, an ex football player, I mean, you know, you have those feelings and things right. like that, but I just, you know, he is older. I mean, the dude's already had a football life made and he's still playing football. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's incredible. That's an incredible feat. But, um, you know, with him and like, you know, Christian Kirk there, I think this really is going to um, be a, you know, pretty solid year for Christian Kirk. I mean, I right now I've got him on the wide receiver three radar. Um, yeah, I could see it, especially yeah. in PPR leagues. I mean, I, he, he started, um, there was there was a couple of weeks last year, you know, where, where you saw it. You saw the talent there. It just didn't really come together. And part of that probably was, was Rosen's play. But I, I think... You know, it's the it's actually a really good situation for Kyler Murray to go in there with Larry Fitzgerald there 
because you're throwing to one of the greats, you know, and, and then you have Christian to, to run the deep balls, you know, and throw it deep. And I think if they can get another wide receiver, that would really round it out for them. Right. I mean, I mean, who do we still have on the board right now? I know DK Metcalf is still on the board. AJ Um, Brown. Yeah. AJ Brown's still there. Who else do we have? Uh, Hakeem Butler. We got Debo Samuel. Um, Pretty much everyone that isn't named Nikhil Harry and Marquise Brown. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody else. And, and and as talented as a lot of people thought this wide receiver class was going to be, um, for only two of them to be off the board already uh, is really interesting. You know, there's a lot of really good guys that are going to go off the board tomorrow. Right. There's just so much defense. And, I mean, the, the main story, like, was the depth at cornerback was insane like mm-hmm. i'm i mean i know we're not going to get too deep into defense but i'm i'm pretty shocked that greedy williams is still on the board man that's that's probably biggest surprise of someone that's left is uh i easily thought greedy was the best re, uh cornerback in this class and i think a lot of people had him number one um deandre baker is an awesome cornerback you know don't get me wrong and, and he won uh jim thorpe award last year in college so as the best db but yeah, I mean, we saw Darnell Savage go off, um, mm-hmm. Jonathan Abram, but the fact that, yeah, the fact that Greedy Williams and Byron Murphy are still there is a surprise to me. It's pretty mind-blowing, especially for a defensive-heavy, you know, class mm-hmm. for 2019. So it's uh, it's pretty insane, but like you said, there's going to be so much unfold over tomorrow and the rest of the weekend. Um, but yeah... Kyler Murray going to Arizona, they're definitely going to be interesting this year. I don't think they're going to be a complete suck fest like last year. So um, definitely going to have a little more fantasy value on that team. You'll have your eyes there a little bit more uh, than before. The next big offensive guy that's going to be relevant for fantasy, um, and I think that this guy, just with the lack at the position for fantasy, uh, TJ Hawkinson, tight end. Uh, got drafted by the Detroit Lions. I think he could be an immediate uh, game changer for the tight end position in fantasy just because of the things that he's done in college and this type of player he is. Matt Patricia's already spoke so highly of him. Um, and, you know, they, they made like a I, – I wouldn't say it was like a full-blown comparison to Gronk. Um, but, I mean, pretty, just – Pretty close. Yeah, I mean, you look, I was looking back in, you know, 2018, he had 49 receptions for 760 yards, and I think he had about six touchdowns. I mean, that's that's not bad for, you know, your college career or whatever, but the guy's 6'4", came out of Iowa. Um, I'm really looking forward to this because I can't remember the last time Detroit actually had a solid tight end. Uh, I think it was what they were hoping Eric was it Eric Ebron? Yeah, Eric Ebron, yeah. What Eric Ebron was hoping, you know, what they were hoping he was going to be. Uh, and after that, that in <laughs> yeah, right. So I can't really, yeah, I can't think of the last one before that. Yeah, because before that, it was just Megatron. That's all you knew. Right. So it's, uh, it's going to be good to see that. And I mean, my interpretation of what's happening in Detroit and, I, I have a feeling – I would hope that other people see this, and I'm pretty sure it might be stupid of me to even say it, but I just – I see Detroit as like Matt Patricia trying to build a mini Patriots. 100%. Like, yeah. yeah, he's just – you know, he's going after the, the big star players that they had in the Patriots, you know, with Gronk being tied in, um, you know, looking – you know, 
I'm back in the gap. I mean, when you had like Randy Moss and, and Tom Brady there, I mean, like, I don't really know if he's looking for Kenny Galladay to be that kind of th- – I, I want to see Kenny Galladay be a difference maker. He'll never be Randy Moss, but, you know, I want to see him be a difference maker, the wide receiver position. What This, this is going to be, what, his third year in? Right. Yeah, yeah so, so I mean, he should break out. It's time for him to break out. Um, Detroit's got a lot of, you know, on paper, they, you know, they're looking smooth. They're, they're kind of got that young hybrid look to them now. Um, you know, carry on Johnson being there in the backfield. A lot of people are talking down on him recently. Um, I've been I don't, a lot of that, so. I, I don't understand why. Um, I don't think anything's happened for anyone to be down on him. I think it's just, I don't know, people's perceptions of going into this season, but. Just because I, Detroit's I a rundown place doesn't mean that the Lions have to be, even though they right. have been kind of. <laughs> I just have this soft spot in my heart for teams that have never like gotten to a Super Bowl, so yeah. I just want to like see them do well. Um, so yeah, it's like I, I do like T.J. Hawkinson, um, the tight end position. I was in a conversation the other day with a few people on Twitter, and we were talking about you know the tight end position, who's going to be where. And, you know, with him coming in here now, I mean, it's, you wouldn't, I don't think that he's a, somebody that you would look to draft, but he's definitely somebody you can scoop up on the waiver, like after week one. Right. Um, I think there's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more talent at tight end you'd want to get, but I mean, definitely keep him on your eye, keep, keep him under your eye and on your radar because he, uh, especially with knowing what Matt Patricia and how Bill Belichick used Gronk, I, I really feel like it's going to kind of be a copycat of that. Well, and they got Jesse James now. So, would you would you rather draft Jesse James or TJ Hawkinson? I would probably go TJ Hawkinson. Um, yeah, I think Jesse James is going to be like when you look. I, I can compare it to the Saints a little bit better, just because you know I've I've watched them with you know Jimmy Graham and Josh Hill, or uh, you know when they would use. Uh, Benjamin, um, mm-hmm. Benjamin Watson with, with Josh Hill, like they would swap their tight ends around and, you know, for different plays and different schemes. And I think that Matt Patricia is going to be able to do that as well. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Jesse James can shine when he wants to, but he's just not a consistent tight end. Like for yeah. fantasy, he's not somebody that you're going to get and, you know, you're locking him in every week. And I, that's where the difference is. I think that TJ Hawkinson could be that. You know, yeah. and, and Detroit needs that. I mean, they really do. They need a marquee player again, and they haven't had one since Calvin Johnson. Um, so, I mean, it's just that time. And, and, I mean, for them to go after him as early as they did, and everybody kind of predicted it to happen anyway, Yeah, I just think that Matt Patricia is going to do everything that he can to make sure that he succeeds on that team, and they're going to get him the ball a lot because he's so versatile at his position. Well, and so, poor Jesse James. I mean, he he gets out of Pittsburgh finally, you know, and splitting time with Vance McDonald and thinks he's going to be the guy in Detroit. And then they go and get TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, break. I have nothing, I have, you know, nothing against him personally, but I mean, he's just not, he's not the tight end that I'd want to have on my, my football team. Like he's yeah. just, he's, he's, he doesn't show that. So this is, you know, just watching the tape on what TJ can do. If he can carry that game over into the NFL, then that's going to be your your new favorite target in Detroit. So he's uh he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. I think that if you wanted to compare him to somebody um, coming out of the draft, as far as the excitement level, or you know, you look at like Hunter Henry before he got hurt, 
Right. Like, I feel like this could be like, you know, another Hunter Henry coming into Detroit. So that's definitely one thing because the tight end position is just that one spot that everybody just can't seem to figure out the past couple of years. So, and it's been so bad the past couple of years for fantasy purposes. I mean, and there was a time when it was, yeah, Gronk, Tony Gonzalez, um, Kellen Winslow, you know, there was a, there was a wealth of talent out there and now it's, you know, maybe, maybe five guys that are, that you can probably trust, you know, and, and out of those, it's probably the three that are elite and, yeah, it's nice to see a new tight end class come in here and go to good spots where they're going to get production. They're going to get the opportunities. Damn right. Are tight ends going to be the new kickers, Tommy? Oh, man. Are people <laughs> going to be petitioning to get rid of the tight end? I was seeing it last year. I was definitely seeing it last off, last uh, last season where people were like, yeah, f- fuck tight ends too because, you who know. Who needs these big needs- wobbly guys running around the field not doing but, shit? But at the same time, I mean, they're a big part of the game and – I think that's part of the strategy too, is to get the limited amount of guys. So your opponent doesn't have them, you know, and that's playing the game too. And and the strategy that's going to help you win. So, I mean, if, if you eliminate play positions that are bad, then it doesn't matter that you're getting that better, you know, the best of the bad, you know, and, and everyone else sucks. And, you know, even with kickers, like someone like Justin Tucker or something, that's going to bomb like 40, 50 yard field goals. Um, you know, that was an advantage over everyone else that sucked. So, I definitely get the whole banning kickers strategy for sure, but I think if you ban tight ends, it's it's just going too far. Yeah, no, I love tight ends. Tight ends always be a part of the game for me, no matter what. I'll, I'll roll with two tight ends sometimes on the flex just because sometimes that's a better matchup. Damn right, dude. Last year for me, I know, and for a lot of people, I had like George Kittle and then I had Trey Burton. Right. Trey Burton had a lot of ups and downs. I was super high on Trey Burton last year. But some the of those highs started. were great. You know, and that sometimes that was the better play. He was an awesome. In my, he was awesome in my my superflex league. So it was uh it was cool to have both of them. You know, especially having George Kittle. I mean, yeah. He got me a lot of free Doritos Locos tacos. You know, he got me all kinds of great points. So it was definitely worth it. Well, you were you were aware of the Doritos Locos tacos shenanigans? I'm definitely aware of Doritos Locos tacos. I don't know if I'm aware of the shenanigans that go with it. So basically, I started him in the playoffs, and a lot of people listening right now already know the story, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So I started him in the playoffs, and I decided to drive to Taco Bell one night, and I said, I'm here to claim my free Doritos Locos taco. And they were like, for what? I was like, I started George Kittle in the fantasy football <laughs> playoffs. And this woman said, oh, that promotion hasn't started yet. It's going to be <laughs> next week. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I came back the next week and I told him that and they gave me a free Doritos Locos yeah, taco for starting nice. George Kittle in the playoffs. <laughs> I have the videos on Twitter. You'll have to pull I them. think I remember that now. That's awesome. Yeah. You can start <laughs> your own promo. For sure, dude. Yeah, you can do whatever you want at Taco Bell, man. Sure well, you just say down. it. They have to believe it. Yes. You just say it with confidence. <laughs> I'm, I just want the world to do this for fantasy. I want the fantasy community to just start doing this with different players <laughs> and just videotape them going to their Taco Bells until Taco Bell does something with fantasy football. Yeah, <laughs> we need to make this happen. We need to get this trending on Twitter. For sure, dude. But yeah, um, let's see. Next big guy on the board. Or did you have anything else you wanted to add to the tight end? Well, you know, you mentioned TJ Hawkinson's um, production in college. And, and, you know, definitely production isn't in college isn't the biggest indicator of what someone's going to do in the NFL. But I will say, like George Kittle, George Kittle didn't have a lot of production coming out of Iowa either. And TJ's production was partly down because he had a split time with Noah Fant, who's also a really awesome tight end. So, 
you know, with their production, you're, you're, you're with those guys, with the Iowa guys, you're looking more at their potential, uh, at their skill set. Um, and now, you know, they're fit and where they're going. So I think these guys are going to be great. And I think, you know, without having all these amazing stats in college that they're going to put it up in the NFL, they're going to be just like George Kittle. And there's something with whatever they're putting in the water in Iowa for tight ends, but they, they make the best tight ends. It's always tight end season in Iowa for sure. So, yeah, I mean, he's really, I mean, the next guy, um, well, the next guy that I was going to talk about that was big offensive, like if we're going in the order of the draft, 15th pick, uh, Washington did something good. And they got the homie Dwayne Haskins. This is probably the most excited I've been for Washington since RG3. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really that big. I mean, since RG3, Washington has just not been one of those teams. Like, I don't know about you, but like, you know how when you're watching, you know, you're watching the games, they have a lot of the teams that are on like Thursday nights, Sunday nights. I mean, when's the last time you can like remember vividly? I'm sure there's been times, but when's the last time you can vividly remember when like, they're like, oh, dude, Washington's on Monday night football tonight or right. Washington's on Sunday night football. You you I, haven't had that. I think they got a color rush one time last year. I, I feel like I remember that, but I feel like it was when Colt McCoy was starting, you know, and 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 after Alex Smith got hurt. So it's like they were going to give him opportunity, and it was the worst potential situation that yeah. could happen. You know what? You know what I think about when I think Colt McCoy. I think I think about playing Madden on PlayStation Two when he was on the cover of Madden playing for yes. the Browns. That's what I think about. <laughs> like, I actually I beat somebody with that team for somehow some way. Um, it was they were like the worst in the business. That was back when Cleveland was really having hard hard times, which was not too long ago. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, man. Like Washington has just not been one of those exciting teams, and like, and I feel like now. With Dwayne Haskins, Darius Geis, if they can get a hold of one good wide receiver, you know, they still have Adrian Peterson. Their defense has really become, you know, a little bit more structured. They might have some controversial shit going on. But, you know, like what is is Washington Redskins without controversy? Like the name in itself is controversy. So, like, you think about this, like, the best way to bring change and to make controversy go away is to really get a team in the spotlight. Yeah. Like, you know, you go and, and you get a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins, who I feel should have been the first one off the board easily. He was my um, QB one for sure. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kyler Murray, that's great. But we all knew that Cliff Kingsbury just had a, a, a hard on for him Yeah, from the moment he laid eyes on him, which is, you know. That's fine, whatever. But Dwayne Haskins just is an all-around, you know, uh, capabilities as a player. Like, he's he's the guy. I think somebody compared him to Dan Marino tonight. So, when looking at that, like, that's what you want out of a quarterback. And then when you have that in Washington, I feel like that's a perfect place for him to be in that style because you go back to the Joe Gibbs days – when he was owner of the team, they, it was just that grit and that just yeah. like all American football. And I yeah. feel like that's what Dwayne's going to bring. Not only that, I talked about it last week. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL, according to you know a couple of different polls when looking at the schedules. So I was you know talking you know heavily about you're going to want to look at some of these guys for your fantasy 
you know, teams because when you have a players that you know that are pretty good and they're going to be playing against poorer teams, that's per, that's fantasy numbers right there. That's production. Yeah, right. So I think this is going to be a big fantasy year for Washington. Um, and and I feel that I think that Dwayne's just a little more complete as far as ready for the NFL um, with everything that he has. So I'm super pumped up for Washington. And um, I think that especially in their – I mean, the only other team they really have to worry about um, I, I don't, you know, Philadelphia is one, but I don't, I think that the Cowboys are really all that Washington's going to have to worry about this year at all. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you're saying, um, you know, you're pumped for, for the Redskins for the first time since RG three, um, because Dwayne Haskins is probably the exact opposite type of quarterback that RG three is, Yes, you know, has a totally <laughs> different style of play is not a runner. He's, he's athletic and he can move in the pocket, but that's not his game. You know, he's going to sit in there. He's going to throw it. And for any of the listeners that do follow us, the, you know, follow the podcast on Twitter, I probably talked about it a bunch of times, but we were able to go to the Rose Bowl game this year, Ohio state versus Washington had great seats and we're able to see Dwayne Haskins work his magic the whole game. And he's making throws into tight windows. He's, taking control of the entire offense. He's a field general. He knows what's going on. He's calm and collected. He's a NFL franchise type quarterback. And I think the Washington Redskins got to steal with him. Um, I don't know if he's going to start right away over Case Keenum. I mean, I think he has better skills than Case Keenum, but I know NFL teams like to keep that veteran in there for a little bit and let the young guy beat him out. But you know, I don't think Case is keeping this job for very long. Homie had 50 touchdowns in 2018. <laughs> Insane. 50. Yeah. You know who else had 50 touchdowns last year? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm not saying it's the same type of guy. I'm just saying 50 touchdowns is pretty special. And he had eight interceptions. 50 yeah. touchdowns, eight interceptions, all 2018. Playing in the Big Ten, too. I mean, that's a good conference for defense. And, you know, they – played really well. They were Ohio State was a great team this year. So I mean Dwayne was a big reason why. It's fucking incredible, man. Just incredible. So yeah, Washington definitely gonna be a team to watch, a team to look at fantasy options for. Is uh the other wide receiver they still had is Josh Doxon still there, isn't he? Josh Doxon's still there, yeah. Who's the guy yeah. that got moved to the Jets? Oh that's um <sighs> It's I can't not, think of his name. Is it Quincy, Quincy Anunwa? No, Quincy Anunwa has been on the Jets. Oh, he's been on the Jets. Then it's yeah. the other. There was one guy. Oh, well, you're, if you're listening to this, do the research. Hit us up. Can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> We're a top-of-the-head podcast. That's yeah. how we roll. But, uh, but yeah, it's just going to be fun to watch. And, like I said, they just need to get one more wide receiver out right. of this draft. If they could get a hold of DK Metcalf. Oh, my That'd God. That would be nice. That would be real be nice. Amazing. Yeah. Be amazing. And then Guy's coming back too. You know, Darius Guy's coming back. I think. Yeah. If he's healthy, he's gonna ball. But uh, you know, it's a good thing they still got Adrian Pearson just in case. He just doesn't need legs made of glass like yeah. last year. So, <laughs> need you to have strong legs, Darius. We're rooting for you. Eat up, eat up, Darius. <laughs> uh, we we already kind of briefly talked about it, but uh, yeah, Noah Font um, or Noah Fant. I don't know how do you pronounce it? Is it Fant or Font? I've been saying Fant, but I know on the NFL Network they're still checking with their people to get the uh, to get the pronunciation right. 
I'm going to go with Noah Font because there's a lot of fonts. There's a lot of tight ends, a lot of different things. I don't know. I'm making up shit now. But, yeah, <laughs> two, two tight ends from Iowa. Um, Denver has been needing this, especially with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is a, is a tight end quarterback. I feel like he just does better when he has a solid tight end. So, um, I mean, with him on this team, Emmanuel Sanders will be there. I just, I'm not really excited about Joe Flacco, honestly. Yeah. Flacco is just a very mediocre quarterback. There's nothing elite about him. I don't care what anyone says. Um, that has become like the best joke of all time, in my opinion, with, with, a, with it, when it comes to Joe uh, Flacco, with him being elite. I mean, he had his moments. Yeah. You know, he definitely did have a couple. 2013. Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had some moments there. Yeah. Well, and this is a topic I've been talking about with a lot of other friends is like, there's so many of these quarterbacks that are just hanging on, you know, and they're, they've been in the league for a while and they have been really good and they have been that franchise quarterback for that team before, but they're just still hanging on for some reason. And Joe, Flacco, Eli Manning, like those kind of guys. I'm like, when are you going to hang it up? You know, and and with all the talent that's out there in college, why hasn't someone beat you out yet? Yeah. It's like, I know, I know everyone knows you're out there seeking validation, but it's like, you're not going to get six Super Bowls. You're not going to be Tom Brady. You're not going to be Drew Brees. Like you had, you know, you've had your heyday, whatever. John Elway likes you because you're tall. That's it. There's nothing, (laughs) nothing other than that. That's why he likes you. But with, with Noah Fant, I, I think that, that, like I said, with the tight end position, you can't go wrong. He's, uh, he's definitely somebody to keep on the radar. So it's good to see them there. And then I'm trying to think of the other, the other wide receivers that are there that, you know. But when I think about the wide receivers that were in Baltimore, I mean, they just there was really nothing sexy about them. Who was it? John Brown last year had a couple of really right. fantasy productive games. But yeah, and, and Cortland Sutton, you know, he he was coming on hot towards the like middle end of the year, and and Deshaun Hamilton is another guy that could be okay. And that's Jake Seeley's boy right there, dude. He won. Yeah, and he told me he wanted a Saquon jersey all year because, like, in the GGFS Pro League, we give out a uh, you know you'll have your your payout and then you get a jersey nice. with the GGFS Pro Champs patch on the jersey. So he changed his mind at the last minute and said. I want the the Hamilton jersey, so we got that sent out there for him. So you can hit him up and tell him you want some pics of it. But that's some love right there for Hamilton. Yeah, big time. Because like I was like Deshaun, who? Yeah, and right. Then, <laughs> but yeah, he he did really well towards the end of the year. He was the reason that Jake, you know, I mean, he wasn't really the reason Jake stayed afloat. I mean, the guy had Christian McCaffrey and he had Saquon Barkley. So that's killer. That's kept him afloat basically, but. Yeah, so he ended up getting him or whatever. But yeah, I, you know, Hamilton's definitely going to be somebody to watch out for this year as long as Joe Flacco can effectively get the ball where it needs to go. So it's a and new if, system. Yeah, and, and if Emmanuel Sanders can come back too, I mean, there's another weapon, but I've been hearing, I haven't been hearing anything real concrete, but just not that it's looking good for, for Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's, He's been the guy, what was it, the year before last, he was very productive. It was yep. when he and um, Demarius Thomas. Yeah, Demarius Thomas were both on the team. So he was like right there underneath him. But yeah, after he left, he was kind of the guy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're looking for a new guy in that system. And Noah Fant could be the one. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think he's going to beat out Jake Butt. I mean, that's, you know, my tight end with the the best name out there. (laughs) Yes, it is, dude. I actually had Jake Butt on my fantasy team last year. Nice and um and uh, the only reason I got him was just because of the name. You're just like you should be talking about Jake Butt, just like <laughs> uh, Booty Jake. So yeah, had to have him. But um, No Font was the next one, and then we'll go ahead and move back to Oakland. So Oakland kind of pissed me off with their first pick. I'm sure <laughs> off a lot more. So I want to just give you the floor. So for those of you who don't know, Tommy. Is, uh, obviously, he's from Cali. Huge Raiders fan. Huge. How did the Raiders do in this draft, in your opinion? I like it. I It wasn't what I mocked. It wasn't what I wanted as a fan. But I think it's what they needed. They needed to really turn this franchise around. That starts with the locker room. And every single guy they drafted is a high-character, high-quality guy. Um Cleland Farrell, I I heard reports that he had the best character out of anybody. Um, Of all the interviews that people did at the combine, um, his individual meetings with teams, everyone was raving about how good of a guy Cleland Farrell is, how good of a teammate he is. Um, He could have came out uh, in the draft last year and would have been a high pick, but decided to stay at Clemson, go for another national title, and then got it. And I think that national title game really shot him up in a lot of people's draft boards. He wasn't going, he still wasn't as high as a lot of people thought. So I know <clears throat> I saw a lot of crap on Twitter because that's what you get as, you know, being part of Raider nation. Uh, everyone wants to hate on you. Even our boy fantasy stoner before the draft, well, Raiders are going to fuck it up. Aren't they? I'm like, man, come on stoner. <laughs> like I, I know why people think that, but Cleveland Farrell fits their scheme. He fits Gunther's scheme with the 4-3. He is a high-character guy. He's a high-production guy. Um, and I think it's a really good fit, you know, and, and it's the kind of guy you want to build your franchise around. He's a foundational type of player. He's He may not be a Khalil Mack type player, but he's solid, you know, and I know a lot of people wanted Ed Oliver at that pick. Um but we have D tackles. We we have D tackles that we just got last year, and what we were, they were really missing was an edge rusher to go along with Arden Key on the other side. And I think they got it with Cleveland. I mean, he he played in the ACC. He was highly productive uh, all three years he started. Uh, nine and a half sacks uh, his junior year, and then last year gave him eleven and a half. So. And don't forget, don't forget he had two great performances uh, in Horrible Bosses and Miami Vice. Uh, those, were, those were some great movies that he did as well. He was also recently in Dumbo. So Cleveland Farrell, not only <laughs> – I had to throw that shit in there. <laughs> I had somebody hit me up that like, yeah, he's a great actor. <laughs> but he's good, you know, like um, – and 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 he first I the first time I remember really I mean it was the national championship game but it was after and and he went up for his speech and you know and he was talking about he pulled the it was the greatest thing I saw he pulled the Suge Knight from the Source Awards back in the day I think like in '92 or something whatever it was was you know you don't want your producer all up in the videos dancing all yeah. behind you 
come to Death Valley. 90s gritty shit. I like that. It was great. And I was like, hell yeah. This guy (laughs) fits Raider Nation. He fits the mold of the type of player they want. So you got to have an attitude to play in Oakland. That's for sure. You have to. And, and you know, again, if you follow us on Twitter, you see me shit on Amari Cooper because he didn't have that attitude because he didn't fit the right type of attitude for Oakland. He's a great player, but his personality wasn't a good fit. You just, you have to have this knowing like you, like when when you, I feel like when you go to Oakland, you got to have this little bit of badass in your soul. Yeah. Or you're not gonna make it there just because right. like the fans. I mean, right? Like, when, I, when I'm looking at the black hole, I'm intimidated as fuck. Yeah, I'm like these guys. Like they will murder you and not blink. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and the first the first ever Raider game I went to, I we sat down low with a lot of season ticket holders, and it was when they still had Carson Palmer. And Bless as soon soul. as as soon as they started doing bad, they fucking flipped. And and for the most diehard fans that love their team, they flipped fast, and they were giving that team shit because they weren't playing how the rest of Black Hole thought they should have been playing. So, right. yeah, it's, it's a tough fan base. Um, <laughs> it's a tough. Is it to tougher be. than Philadelphia? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's. I don't know. Uh, it's different. I'll just say it's different. It's a different mentality, different type of tough. I mean, because I know Bills Mafia is tough and. Um, even Redskin fans are kind of. I don't crazy. think Bill's Mafia is tough at all. Like they just I think they really think they're tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like they're like the guy in the bar. It's like oh, beat up anyone. Yeah, exactly. And then they I get knocked out. They get like, Tommy Tough Nuts, and they think they're tough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to have a lot to like jump off of campers drunk as oh fuck yeah, and break plastic tables. I mean that's one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, so so yeah, I, I just I think Cleveland Farrell is a good pick. He's not the sexy pick. He's not what everyone wanted. But Mike Tagliere from Fantasy Pros called that shit. On his mock draft podcast, he said, Raiders should get Cleveland Farrell number four overall. And I remember hearing that a couple of weeks ago. I'm thinking, damn, that's a crazy pick because I've seen her, nobody I have heard say that. And he was absolutely right. And I Tagliere, he's going to be on his right podcast soon, right? Yep, he'll be out there next week. Uh, we're doing our fantasy recap or our, our draft recap uh, episode next Wednesday. It'll drop probably next Thursday. And yeah, he's coming on the show. So I'm really stoked to have him on, especially because he was right. You know, like he, he made yeah. some really good calls. And, um, and yeah, so he was saying the same thing. High character dude. So I think, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think Cleveland Farrell was a really good pick for Raiders. Okay, so it might not have been the sexy pick, but he was the pick they needed. So let's talk about the sexy pick, the pick that I thought that they should have taken first, um, and that's Josh Jacobs, running back. So Lynch is retired. You know, he's done. He's hanging the cleats up. They needed to fill that position. I don't think Jalen Richard really had what it took. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you've got Josh Jacobs coming in from Alabama. This is the kind of runner that John Gruden likes. Yep. So – how do you feel about taking Josh Jacobs in fantasy and using him as an RB one? I'd be happy with it. I mean, they picked up Isaiah Crowell. Um, and so nobody, you know, I think, nobody cares about the crow. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares about the crow. Well, and, and like you're saying, Jalen Rashad's there. So I think he'll still get some early, like third down, uh, you know, uh, third down plays, but I think Josh Jacobs. It, yeah, like you said, it's it's the type of running back that John. Yeah, because Jalen Richard was the PPR guy, right? You know, and then 
you know, last year you had Marshawn before he got hurt. I mean, he was your ground and pound fellow. Yep. So it's yep. like Josh Jacobs has PPR and ground and pound. Exactly. So yeah. you got the two and one now. So you might not need that split that split back set. I mean, I'm just, like you said, I'm sure they're still going to use, you know, Jalen some. But like, you know, you start to see when you when you get a little bit more of that type of running back, like what happened with Duke Johnson yeah. in uh, Cleveland this year. You know, you didn't he was a ghost basically. Yeah. So, so I, I think he's going to fit really well. Uh, I've already seen a lot of people calling it Charlie Garner 2.0. Um, you know, that dynamic running back who runs downhill but can also catch out of the backfield. Um, you know, hearing talks of the next Camara type, you know, to come out of Alabama. So mm-hmm. I think I think it's a great pick for them. Um, once you know, I was holding out for for Beastmode all off season. I mean, he said it himself. If as long as the Raiders are playing in Oakland, he's going to be a Raider. So I guess I could maybe still see him coming back like midway through the season. Like Gronkowski might come back, but um, now that he has officially said he's retiring, I, I think Jacobs is a great pickup. Um, arguably the best running back in the class. Um, I know it's not a great eight running back class, but a lot of people have had Josh Jacobs as their RB1 for most of this offseason. Oh, yeah. I mean, in Alabama last year, he had 20 receptions, 11 touchdowns. Um, let's see. Yeah. Well, the, the yards are interesting, right? Because it's only like 640 yards, but his average was was over five, uh, five yards of rush. And then the 11 touchdowns, I think, is really telling. Yeah. Big time. So, I mean, he's he's definitely going to be somebody that's going to be a difference maker. And like you said, Oakland's just one of those teams that you just kind of expect to at least be um, over average, better than average. Like, they're just one of those teams that you look at every year. And, like, like for me, for so long, I was just like, okay, Oakland's one of those teams that's going to be above average or great. Yeah. Like, but they, they can't go any lower than that. And so when yeah. they dipped yeah. lower than that last year – you know, it was just like, what the fuck are you doing, John Gruden? Right. Like, you know, so it's – I think that as long as John Gruden takes from what he learned last year, and, like, obviously if this was a true rebuild, you've got some better players now. Yeah. That can't happen again. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a real test for Carr. You know, I think this is Carr's prove-it year where I'm glad they didn't take a quarterback in the first round like a lot of other people were mocked. Yeah, they, they have faith in him. I, I didn't right. think that when – I, when I was reading those reports, man, I was like, there's no way that, that they're going to draft a quarterback. Like Derek Carr, like that would – I mean, you look at his older brother and just the stuff that happened with him, with yeah. David. So, I mean, like that would just – I think that if that happened to Derek, he would just – in his mind would resort back to what happened to his brother. And that would just completely kill him as a quarterback and his mentality. So it's good to see that they're backing him, even though he's probably one hard hit away from being paralyzed. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, you know, they, they got to have the protection for him there, but, but yeah, man, like, I'm glad that Derek's staying there because I mean Derek's just he's got that Raider mentality like you you know you talk yeah. about he's got that that force inside of him. I remember just watching them the, the year before when they got you know to the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, and then he got hurt. Yep, and that I ruined mean, everything, dude. It did. They they would have they would have advanced. They would have gotten yeah. far into the playoffs. Like I, there's no doubt about it. I'm not gonna say they'd have been a Super Bowl contender, but they would have gotten very far and that would have been the resurgence of that. And who knows what have happened, what would have happened last year. Right. You know, and, the, and it sucked because uh, that was the end of Jack Del Rio, you know, of that yeah. coaching, you know, like uh, Jack Del Rio, man, 
man, that guy, he'd will him and deal him, you know, but it would work. Week one it. with the Saints in oh, 2017. Man. Oh, my God. When, they, <laughs> when he ran that last play, got the touchdown and won, I was just like shook. I was like, there's was no amazing. way. It was Like <laughs> Jack you know, Del Rio. But, but don't get me wrong, you know, uh, if, if Carr doesn't prove it this year, then, yeah, I think it's time to really start reconsidering it. You know, John yeah. and, and Mike are giving him all the pieces to be successful. And if he doesn't do it, then I, I think you got to cut ties. And, oh. and next year and 2021's draft class are amazing. You know, Tua right. coming out next year. Trevor, You have, you have AB there now. You don't have any really any other excuses. Right. You really don't. Tyrell Williams. I mean, if they get yeah. so, if, if they can get, and I, I know we'll get to the next pick on, for the Raiders, but tomorrow, I mean, if they can get a tight end, if they can get someone like Irv Smith, I think that'll really round out their offense. Yeah, another Alabama guy. Yep. That'd be awesome, man. So they have, so yeah, a lot more to come with the Raiders. And I know, like you said, like anytime you're on the show, we're definitely going to be talking Raiders. So, hell yeah. But yeah, that, I think they had a pretty solid first round. I'm just glad to see that Josh Jacobs landed there. Um, the next guy, and this is another guy that I've, that I'm. Big I'm, splash. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Big splash. Big splash wait. on this next guy. Big splash, yeah. So, um, Marquise Brown. Um, I'm looking at him, and when when he's in this Ravens offense now, you you got Mark Ingram back there now from the Saints, which I hated to see happen, but it is what it is. It's a business. Him, um, with Lamar Jackson, and then now you've got this new rookie wide receiver that's there. Um, I want to say that they're they're tight end. Uh, he got hurt last year. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Yeah. Um. And I can't think of his name. He looks like Carrot Top. I know that much. Was that? Um, I'm seeing Hayden Hurst. Yeah, Hayden Hurst. Yeah. So Hayden Hurst. This is going to be a pretty explosive team on offense, especially with the run game, because basically everybody's just running on their offense. There's just nothing but running going down. Right. So it's going to be it's going to be wild to see what happens. I do like Marquise Brown going to the Ravens, though. They really do need a. a good talented wide receiver i feel like that's something that they've lacked yeah in the years past or maybe it was just because joe flacco just couldn't handle it but (laughs) um i'm happy to see that they've got another guy there so he's he's definitely not somebody i'm gonna draft right off the bat but you know depending on what happens in preseason and when we get into the first couple weeks he could definitely be worth a pickup and uh it's pretty solid wide receiver towards the middle of the end of the year. So, I mean, just kind of looking back at what he did when he was playing. Let's take a look real quick. I do have some of his numbers. Um, Back when he was with Oklahoma this past year, dude had 1,318 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns. I mean, he was getting the ball from Kyler Murray. So, Kyler's a running quarterback. Collar's that same kind of – I wouldn't say 100% identical to Lamar Jackson, but it's kind of the same scheme that they're doing. Right. So I think that he's going to fit that offense pretty well. So Well, and I think uh, there's a lot of receivers that I know a lot of people on Twitter were talking about. If they ended up at the Ravens, it would just suck. It would just suck for that receiver, you know, because it just wouldn't really fit. And, and the mock draft I put out, uh, I think I mocked Paris Campbell here. Just because it was like – that's the kind of player they need is a Paris Campbell type or a Marquise Brown type, you know, someone that's going to 
take a zero route or a tunnel screen or a quick out or uh, a jet sweep, you know, and someone that's going to be a little more dynamic than just running your typical route tree or, you know, running down the field and stretching the field, which Marquise can do, but he has the talent to run all the underneath routes, you know, and give Lamar opportunities to roll out, hit someone on the run, um, or just improvise, you know, because he's going to take off and run. Right. So it's going to be good for them. The last guy that we'll talk about before we hang it up and uh, get ready to all watch the uh, second rounds and the rest of the six rounds, um, Nikhil Harry. So Nikhil Harry is the last pick of the first round. He's going to the Patriots. How long, is this, how long has it been since the Patriots have taken a wide receiver? Years. I mean, years. Many moons. Many yeah. moons ago. The most interesting thing about Nikhil Harry getting drafted to the Patriots was his reaction to getting drafted to the Patriots. <laughs> um, so the dude's already got like the Patriot way instilled in his head. He showed no emotion whatsoever when he got drafted. It just showed him on his phone. And like, I almost feel like it was rude as fuck because like Goodell was just like, Nikhil Harry, that does it for us tonight, guys. Gotta go. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like, didn't even get, like, didn't even, like, give the guys really a chance to talk about him or anything. Like, I think most of the talking went down, like, on, on, uh, the NFL, I was watching NFL coverage. I wasn't yeah. on ESPN, but most of the talk about him happened on total access and <laughs> because they didn't even get to finish. It's like, it's like he had to like, like either Goodell really had to go take a shit really bad or like, you know, some girl, one of his, one of his groupie chicks were hollering <laughs> at him. I don't know. But Nikhil Harry, man, like dude was just like on the phone. Like, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Now, then he's like back on Tinder. Like, should I, yo, should I swipe left on this bitch? Like yeah, he just up? shows him like talking <laughs> to this dude. But, dude, Nikhil Harry, I mean, he's the number one guy. And I felt like shit because, like, I kind of forgot about him because, like, I was just thinking about DK Metcalf forever. Yeah. Just because he was the number one guy on my mind. But Nikhil Harry, I mean, in 2018, he had over 1,000 yards, um, receiving 73 receptions, uh, nine touchdowns coming out of Arizona State. And Arizona State's just really – I mean, like, the last big person I can think of that came out of Arizona State, was it – uh? Was it Gronk? Did Gronk come from Arizona State? No, Gronk was U of A, University yeah. of Arizona. Oh, okay. So it was it wasn't Arizona. Okay, but it was in Arizona. Okay, yeah. same thing, just different. I'm college. trying to think of the last guy that the big last big wide receiver that they had. I mean, it's definitely been a while. Um, but and Kiel's someone that I, you know, being in California, we get a lot of Pac-12 games, um, and. Uh, and my wife went to Arizona State, so I always watch ASU games. And so he's someone that I like fell in love with last season, um, as far as the talent. And he, he's amazing. And he can he's a big guy, you know, he can do all the big guy stuff like DK and Hakeem, but he catches a lot of screens and he he, he catches a lot of shorter routes too. And then uh his yards after catch are amazing. So he's got a lot of talent and strong hand guy. Strong hand guy. Um and was my top receiver for a while for fantasy purposes going into this year. And then I started doing a little bit more film study and, you know, he's not the most polished receiver as far as route running. He doesn't like break out of his routes, but I think they don't need him to be that in new England. They got Julian Elliman, you know, they have their route runner. They have James white, who's going to be the safety blanket for Tom Brady again. And I think they just are looking for that. Another, another explosive receiver like Josh Gordon. And I think Ankill could be that guy. Right. 
and I mean, I mean, not that it really matters, but um, but they also got um, uh, got we we talked about him earlier. Came from the Texans, uh, from was with the Broncos, went to the Texans. I don't know why it's Demarius oh, Thomas. Demarius yeah. Thomas yep. So they got Thomas there now too, and I think that I mean I think it's going to be good for Enkeel because he's going to get to learn from Demarius Thomas maybe, yeah. and he can teach him some things. I feel like that's kind of the role that he's going to play uh, with him. But yeah, they're saying that he has a lot of stylistic similarities to to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He's nowhere near the caliber of player that he is, but I mean that's a pretty pretty strong. Con- comparison to be yeah. compared to a player of that caliber yeah so i mean and he was pretty much everyone's number one guy so it's uh it's just really interesting to see belichick going after a wide receiver but i mean at the end we all knew that they needed one anyway you got to give some more people for tom brady to throw it to they had like everybody on there was patriots fans holding up seven fingers so <laughs> the cockiness has already begun they're ready so. they're prime now i mean and kills and kills a great pick for them um uh, part of me thought they were going to trade out of the first round and just get picks later because they love themselves some third and fourth round uh, receivers. Um, you know, I could I could have seen Andy Isabella going there, and I know it's kind of fitting into that like Julian Edelman type, you know, Wes Welker type going there. But right, uh, yeah. So I was a little surprised, you know, but I think I think it'll be good for them. Oh yeah. So before we before we wrap it up, um, who won the draft for first well, I- round? I mean, I want to say the Raiders, but I feel like it's very biased. <laughs> I well, I don't think a player won the draft. Um, I think the song "Old Town Road" won the draft. Um, I like it. Being in Nashville, oh, yeah, oh yeah, that song won the draft. It played on every commercial break. Um, Lil Nas X killing the game. Oh, Shout yeah. out Lil Nas X. Um, so thanks for that, Nashville. <laughs> I did. I did not like Dolly Parton being played on the commercials. That just did not mix well for me. Um, best dressed for me, Collar Bur- Collar Murray's Pepto Bismol suit was uh was on point. Yeah, like that. Yeah. No, no nausea, headache, stomach diarrhea. None of that shit happening for <laughs> Collar Murray. Who you think? Who you think had the best clothes? Um, <clears throat> I'm blanking on his name right now, but someone came out. I think was it Josh Jacobs? Someone came out in like a Huey Herman style like fit, and and besides him, the DeAndre Baker, the amount of diamonds that he had on him were ridiculous. Oh, bro. DeAndre was DeAndre Baker. He, he was, where'd he go? He went to the Steelers. No. DeAndre was. I'm thinking about the wrong guy. I gotta go look at the live tweets. Uh, He he went to the Giants. He was the Giants 30th pick. Okay. Who, whatever the guy that went to, let's see, Steelers. Where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, that was uh, Devin Bush. Yeah, Devin Bush. Okay, I feel like he was still in. He was trying to. He was trying to be prime, prime time. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he he didn't do that great of a job. But he had like a really tight fanny pack thing going down. Um, and then Marquise Brown as well. Um, him with the uh, the diamond grill. Oh yeah, that was yeah that was pretty uh that was pretty swift swaft of him. Well, and then my favorite, uh, not dress wise, but was just Christian Wilkins almost taking out Roger Goodell. Yeah, <laughs> the chest bump, and <laughs> yeah, like that would have been great too. That would have been great for content if he would have fell off the stage. Like that's, oh, that's what so everyone good. was waiting for, or like it, torn, torn an ACL or something. Exactly. That's that's what everyone like. If he had to walk to like every game or like be in a wheelchair for like like the rest of the season because he tore his ACL to go to like different games. 
Like I feel like he would he would definitely avoid New England because if, if he couldn't walk or run out of there, there's no <laughs> way he would go. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of funny stuff. But the boos never get old. Love the booing for Goodell. So good. One day he's going to blow a gasket. I, f- I have a feeling it's it. going to be next season. Yeah. He's just well, going next, to. Next year it's in Vegas. So the two on one crew will be there in Vegas. Yo. Okay. So big shit's happening for two on one guys. So you guys will be in Vegas next year for the draft. Mike Taglier is coming on the show next week. What day is the show dropping so that our listeners can, can mark the calendar? It should be dropping next Thursday. Um, sometimes there's a slight delay, but look forward May 2nd. It should hit, like I said, every single podcast outlet that's out there, um, including SoundCloud. We're going to get a face tattoo this year, I promise. But Two on one right under the eye. We're, yeah, but, you know, yeah, uh, we, we dropped our website uh, on Monday also. Um, just a little little thing we're working on just to give us a platform to write some content and do something a little bit different besides the podcast. Uh, dropped a mock draft article and then a new one uh, just today for, for the draft of Prime Everyone on, on State of the Steelers. So that was written by our buddy Tim Lakis, who's uh, the newest member of the two-on-one crew. Nice. All right. So where can, uh, where can our listeners follow you at Tommy? Yeah, you can find me, uh, at Twitter. Um, I'm at Timo 52 underscore. Um, but really you should go follow the two on one, uh, FFB podcast, uh, Twitter handle. Cause that's where mostly I'll be tweeting out all fantasy football related content. Sometimes it gets in a little game of Thrones. Sometimes it's a little slap war, you know, and we just throw some gifts Gotta out there to the keep slap it going. Wars. The slap war was great. We're making that an annual thing too. That's love annual. it. It's going to happen. So you guys, you already know where you can follow me at. So garage fam homework for the week, follow the two on one fantasy football podcast, subscribe, rate and review for those of you garage fam that haven't done it for us yet. Rate review. I know you're already subscribed. So rate and review. Got to get these things up guys. I don't know how many more times I got to tell you, get these things up. Promo code garage at officialgoatgear.com. Promo code garage for premium NASCAR content on Roto Baller. That's a wrap. Enjoy the rest of the NFL draft. And like I said before the show, I will be at Talladega Super Speedway all weekend covering NASCAR. You can catch me on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Channel 87 on Saturday at 530 Eastern. So if you're tuned in, um, I'll be on Roto Baller Radio with uh, Scott Engel. So definitely check that out. And um, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. I know that I'm going to be surrounded by a lot of of rednecks drinking beer and watching cars go really fast. And I'm going to have my picks up as well. I've already got my sleepers and sits article um, or sleepers and drivers to avoid article on Roto Baller up right now. So I'll have a new article out on Saturday. So if you haven't yet, get over to DraftKings or FanDuel, set you some NASCAR lineups, win you some cash. And uh but guys, football's back. So there's gonna be a lot more fantasy football talk, a lot more guests. We're we're getting ramped up for this year's draft. Just I love football season, man. Love it. It's the best. It is the best. Garage fam, take care. We'll see you next week. Tommy, thanks for being on the show, man. Right on. Thanks, Chase. Sports, party, repeat. <laughs>